Let me start with a piece of advice from Anthony Robbins and what he shared, I think, is pretty profound and it applies to life in general, relationships. It applies to personal growth and spiritual growth. In the context, he was talking to a man about business and this man had gone into a handshake deal with a friend and when he wasn't in town, this friend actually took the business deal, gave it to other people. And so this gentleman ended up losing the business himself and a lot of money. And when he approached his friend, how could you do that? He said, the friend said, look, you know, business is business. And I'll give you that advice here in just a moment. As we head into now Advent season, moving into Christmas time, holidays are exciting. They're also complicated. They can be filled with uh, tremendous joy. They can also be stress-filled. A lot of people have relationships that may not be the healthiest. Others are going through time uh, of losing someone and recalling that even more so over the holidays. And so it's not always the most simple thing to move into this time of year. But it is a time where we can celebrate Christ in our life and enjoy just the promise of what we've been given in Him. And I want to share something that we each have Truly, that's a gift. We're told every believer has it. And as we move into this time, the busyness of the season, let the words here, I hope, for each of us become a part of our very thinking. And so again, we each have a gift according to Romans 12, 3, where we're told God hath dealt every man a measure of faith. Each of us have a measure of faith. It's just a gift that God has given to us. Not everybody has the same measure of faith, but each of us has faith, which is a gift. And we're meant to grow that faith. So maybe somebody has been given more faith. However, they're still called to grow that faith. And somebody who has a gift where they were given less faith they can still grow that faith until it's just as strong as the other person. They just have to work harder at it. But we each have a gift of faith, and that gift of faith is meant to be lived out daily in our life. You read the book of James. He talks about a different type of faith. He says there is a dead faith. When somebody does not do what they're supposed to do, when they do not walk out their spiritual life, when they do not walk out scriptural truth, when they do not pray as they ought, he says they have a dead faith. We want to make sure that we have a living faith and build on that faith. And one way that faith grows, we know, is Romans tells us that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So when you study scripture in your own time, here on Sunday morning, taking that word into your heart, it's building up that inner man, so that your faith becomes stronger. And ultimately, we're going to look at an example of how that faith was used in the life of Peter and something very interesting that he did, and we'll see where he learned what he did and how that can be a part of our life. And what I'd challenge each of us to stop and think at this moment, you know, in six months, who's the man or woman that'll be sitting here or standing here with a whole different life, a much better life, and a deeper faith, and a stronger walk in Christ. And as you think about that person, what do you have to do starting today to start growing that faith more so that in six months you'll be that person that you can envision right now with that whole different quality of life walking in Christ? 
John Eldridge says it well, the Father loves you like he loves Jesus. With that come privilege. Each of us can stop and say, when God looks at us, he sees Christ, he loves us just like he loves Jesus. That means you're a son or a daughter in the kingdom. And with that sonship, with that being a daughter, our privilege, privilege that you can enter boldly into the throne with prayer, privilege that you are more than an overcomer in Christ, privilege that all the promises are yes and amen in Jesus. So that piece of advice that Tony Robbins gave was just great. He looked at the man and he said, reject the story and marry the truth. Reject the story and marry the truth. We all have stories about why things are, why they can't change. A lot of people's stories about the holidays, how they're going to be a certain way, and maybe having a fear about that, or relationships that are complicated, and the stories built around why that can't be better. We have to stop and say, reject the story, marry the truth. We all have that inner critic. We've had many outer critics, I'm sure, in our lifetime. And a lot of those voices often say, you know, don't try. And we have to reject those stories. Marry the truth. The truth, everything you're called to be in Christ, everything I'm called to be in Christ, and who we are in Him, and how we have been given a measure of faith, and how that faith can be strengthened until it can move mountains. For the man he was talking to, the story he gave was, My friend took advantage of me. There was nothing I could do about it. He eventually came to realize the truth. He didn't put it in writing. He simply made a handshake. And it's always best to have something like that in writing. He also had to admit he didn't do due diligence to check out the background of this person that he was going into this deal with, even though he thought they were friends. So reject the story and marry the truth. Here's a fascinating psychological study just about the stories we tell called the rich false memory. What happens is they'll find families and they'll talk to the parents and they'll find couples that have never been on hot air balloon rides. And so they'll ask for family pictures. They'll take pictures of the children when they're young and then superimpose those pictures of the children onto a hot air balloon. And the parents agree to this. And now it's years after that original picture was taken. And they'll give them to teenagers. And they'll see these pictures. And they'll say, they'll say tell us about this vacation. And as they look at that picture, a fake photograph, even though they never were on a hot air balloon ride, sure enough, they'll stop and say, I remember that day very well. And they'll talk about a balloon ride they never took. They'll talk about the view they saw that they never saw from in the sky. So memories, oftentimes we magnify them, even parts that aren't true. And so we have to stop and say, maybe some of the things that we remember, perhaps about a slight or an argument, perhaps the way we recall it is not completely accurate. So we want to be those who reject the story and marry the truth. Acts chapter 9, a fascinating account with Peter 
And he's going to, again, do something very interesting here. What happens in Acts chapter 9 is Tabitha died. She was a disciple of Christ. The disciples send for Peter to come and pray, hoping for a miracle. And we're told this, Acts chapter 9, 38. When Peter arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him crying, showing him the robes and clothing Tabitha had made while she was alive. And here's the key. Peter sent them all out of the room. So two questions. Why did Peter do that? And where did he learn that? You know, Agnes Sanford would also do something similar following Peter's example. She wrote about prayer, taught about prayer. People would go and see her for prayer. And when she saw anxious family members or fearful family members, maybe they were praying for someone very ill, she would ask the people that were fearful or anxious to wait in another room. Just like Peter, she would ask them to leave. Why was she doing that? Same reason that Peter did. We all have a measure of faith. And there are certain things in life, certain mountains that need moved, certain prayers that need to be strengthened, certain things in your life, things in my life, where we need stronger faith. And we need people with stronger faith to join with us so we can then strengthen each other. And there are times to keep things in your life and things in my life Guard that from people that simply don't have that same faith that is needed for the breakthrough. People that are fearful or filled with doubt, maybe it's criticism. We're to grow that faith. You have a measure of it. I have a measure of it. And those who would weaken that, we need to be careful in those relationships. In fact, something very fascinating, I saw a documentary just recently, they mentioned they were going to talk about a particular minister that's on TV, and I like this person. I was curious what they would say. They had a panel, and they showed a clip where this minister said, if you're home and you're sick, even if you have a doctor appointment, your faith needs to be fed, and we invite you to come and join us for worship so you can take the word and be strengthened and your faith be built and you might find you'll benefit more coming to worship and going to that doctor appointment. Well, the panel was very upset, and they said that's irresponsible. There are people that could have skipped a doctor appointment or a treatment to go to worship. We live in a culture where some people are hostile to faith, and that's why Scripture says guard your faith. Was it really irresponsible to go and have your faith fed at worship, even if it meant delaying a doctor appointment? Guard your faith. Part of that guarding faith you see here in Peter, you see with Agnes as well. They would ask people, they were filled with fear and anxiety, to not be a part of joining them in when they needed faith, when they needed to pray. John Avanzini said it well, God is not moved by need, God is moved by faith. We all have needs, but what moves the heart of God is having faith. 
Notice again, Acts chapter 9, the next verse. Again, Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning to the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes. Seeing Peter, she sat up. Beautiful account. There are times we need to find somebody with a stronger faith than our own. Unite with them in prayer. Seek out their counsel, their encouragement. There are times we need to guard our faith against those who knowingly or even unknowingly might tear that down or bring us to a place of a weaker faith. 600 years ago, Thomas Kempis said, When Jesus is near, all is well and nothing seems difficult. The reality is there's times where we are on top of the mountain and in those moments, great time to to pray those mountain-moving prayers. There are times when we're down in the valley, our faith is not as strong, great time to contact somebody else and say, listen, I need the strength of your faith in this moment, and then unite with them. Here's something each of us can do. Psalm 47.1, clap your hands, all you nations, shout to God with cries of joy. Psalm 95, let us sing for joy. Let us shout to the rock of our salvation. Sometimes to stir up faith, perhaps in your own time, in your car or in your own prayer room, just like the psalmist said, you want to shout to God, give praise, speak his word out loud. Speak his word loudly over your situation, over your life, over the life of other people, and let your faith be encouraged. You know, a lot of people have a a false understanding that the moment you become a believer, your faith is going to increase every day. The reality is there are times that we have ups and downs. There's highs, there's lows. That doesn't mean that a person's a failure. It just is part of the process. And sometimes our faith is not as strong. Life throws more demands at us so that we become stronger in our faith. And in those moments, again, in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. But hold on to the promise. You have a gift of faith. I have a gift of faith. Reject the story and marry the truth. The truth is you have that faith. I have faith. We can build it, join with others that are strong, and it's important to guard that faith. Remember, a decision made from fear is always a wrong decision. A lot of people go into the holidays with fear about relationships, the past, their concerns, and they often make abrupt decisions. Don't let that be true for your life nor me for my life. Psalm 136, give thanks to the Lord. He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to God. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. His love endures forever. For a time when you need a faith injection, go to Psalm 136. 66 times David writes, his love endures forever. When you're stressed out, overwhelmed, Crowds at the malls, his love endures forever. Complicated relationships, 
His love endures forever. If you're hurting during the holidays, His love endures forever. This is Hetty Green. A hundred years ago, she was considered the most unpopular woman in the United States. What happened for her is she had a hundred million dollars, but she wouldn't spend any of it. It said she spent all night in a carriage trying to find a penny she dropped. Another time her son got ill, she took him to a free clinic. He was turned away. By the time she did get treatment and agree to pay, it was too late. His leg was amputated. She wouldn't change her clothes. She ate pies every day because she didn't want to spend money on food. Wouldn't turn on her hot water. A hundred million dollars. She wouldn't spend it at all. She made money off the railroads. But she was a slave to this inheritance that she had. Incredible metaphor though. Because we can all find ourselves a slave to something that holds us tight and keeps us from living life like we're meant to. We close with what is the answer to the question, why did Peter do that? Where did he learn that? And how do you be free from anything that binds you like Hetty was enslaved to her inheritance? Luke chapter 8, verse 49. Jesus was speaking. Someone came up to him from the house of Jairus and told the synagogue leader, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Two things. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, one, don't be afraid. Terrible news just came in, crashing down on this man's faith. And what did Jesus say? Don't be afraid. Challenge for each of us in the moments when things don't go the way we want. What does Jesus say? Don't be afraid. Fear kills faith. It works the opposite too. Faith destroys fear. Don't be afraid. Doctor calls, don't be afraid. Bad news at your company, don't be afraid. The bills pile up, don't be afraid. You have a measure of faith, it's time to use it. Second thing Jesus says to him, just believe and she'll be healed. Don't be afraid, just believe. Notice what happens next. When Jesus arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James and the child's father and mother. Same reason, and that's where Peter learned it. What was going on? Luke goes and tells us, all the people outside were wailing and mourning, and Jesus said, stop wailing. She's not dead but asleep. And they laughed at him. He could see they had no faith. And so in this moment of dire need, he kept them out of the house so that faith-filled believers could pray what needed to be prayed and a mountain would be moved. We're told again, they laughed at him, but Jesus took her by the hand and said, child, get up. Her spirit returned and at once she stood up. Her parents were astonished. Reject the story. Marry the truth. The truth is Christ, and the truth is you have faith, and I have faith, and it's a gift that can be built and strengthened. It's also a gift that needs to be guarded. It's also a gift that can be used to be the salt and light of the world. Steve Shepard shares about a pianist. Put this ad in the paper. P. 
pianist will play hymns by phone daily for those who are sick and despondent. The service is free. The notice in the paper included a number to dial. When people called, she would simply answer, what hymn would you like to hear? Hundreds of people called in the first few months. So their faith could be encouraged by this woman's faith. Because faith is a gift. And a gift is to be given and a gift is to be used. And when it comes to faith, it's to be grown. Because we live a life knowing truly His love endures forever.